I um, actually got an offer early on from UCLA. It was after my freshman year. So I took official visit in the fall that would be going in. So it was my sophomore year and they offered me a pretty good scholarship and I committed there. But I would say looking back, I kind of regret doing that. Um, You know, UCLA is a school that, you know, is very prestigious and, you know, the baseball program's, you know, phenomenal, but. Making an athlete, a show about athletes, coaches, scouts, trainers, and the stories behind their careers and what it takes to build yours. Today, Max Stassi, current catcher for the Major League Baseball Los Angeles Angels, talks about his path to becoming a Major League Baseball player. Max was drafted in the fourth round by the Oakland Athletics in the 2009 Major League Baseball draft after a standout prep career at Yuba City High School, located in Northern California. Sporting News called Max the best available catcher of the 2009 draft class, and in that year, Max was presented with a choice to make, attend UCLA where he had committed or pursue a professional baseball career and forego college. All right, Max Stassi, I appreciate you uh, getting on Making Athlete Podcast today. Uh, I'm Ty Davis. How's your day going, man? Oh, it's going great. Just uh, just hanging out, enjoying uh, the stormy weather we got we got going right now. Yeah, it's it's uh, quite a quite a bit of uh, wind and rain out here. We're uh, actually both out of. Uh, I just found out that Max is out here in Rockland uh, as well uh, in California. Um, you know, been been a long time since we last talked, and um, it's good to catch up. So, you know, what's what's new, and uh, you know what 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 are you doing? right now with uh with uh your major league baseball career yeah so yeah first off thanks for having me on here this is this is awesome and and uh hopefully i can uh help help whoever out and uh right now just hanging out enjoying the off season uh, it's kind of the tail end uh we got spring training coming up in a couple weeks so I've, I've just been out here training doing a little rehab um working out, getting ready for the season. Uh, it seems like one season ends, the next one starts and, and, uh, it's one constant flow, but I wouldn't want it any other way, but All it's, right. uh, it's been a lot of fun. What, what is And we're going to get into a little bit here, you know, um, I'm making an athlete podcast. We're going to, you know, go back, revisit, um, where you started and how you got into baseball. But, uh, you know, just curious right now with, with, you know, COVID times and everything, um, how, how is this a little bit different going into, spring training this year yeah it's definitely a little different you know it's been a lot a uh, lot more low-key um haven't really traveled around at all i'm not too big of a traveler but just kind of those uh time seeing family and friends um around uh my girlfriend she actually lives in chicago so i had um hip surgery i had that in new york i had that done the second week of october so i was out there rehabbing for um three months it was going good there and Every time I'd show up, you know, we we have to wear a mask, uh, mask on, temperature taken, um, you know, wash uh, wash your hands, uh, make sure the table's clean. So it's just kind of the extra um, precautions that kind of everyone's doing. We'd have to do that and keep your distance, and it's, uh, it's a little bit of a hassle, but you know, yeah. you got to respect what's going on, and and uh, yeah, so far it's it's been it's been solid. Sweet. It's, you know, I, my brother actually just texted me the other day and he's, he, he wanted to see if I, I've actually never been to spring training. Uh, well, most of them never played in spring training, but never even visited it before. And he, he messaged me and I you know it's kind of like, I, is, is that a thing? Like, can we actually even go? 
Um, you don't have to answer that. I'm just in general, I'm like, Hey, I, I don't know if that's a thing right now. And so I was like, Oh, I'll get back to you and figure it out. Um, yeah, yeah, your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, you know, we're supposed to start on the 16th. That's what we're anticipating right now. And I think it's a day-to-day process, but I'm ready to go for the 16th. That's the report date. And I'm not sure about fans or, um, what's, what's going to happen. I, I, I don't know. Uh, who knows? So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you just got to be there and, and, you know, you're going to be doing your job. So, um, not too far away, you know, we're here in, in, uh, late January. So you're only, only a couple of weeks out. Um, so let's, let's get into it. You know, let's, let's, uh, take a little bit of a, a spin backwards and, and, you know, go back into your earlier days, you know, I'll make an athlete podcast. A lot of people, you know, they're listening because they want to understand more for themselves. If they're a young athlete or uh, even a parent of a young athlete, uh, what, you know, what's the process like in, in their particular sport? So uh, obviously you're a baseball player, but, you know, wide variety of guests that we've had on here from UFC to uh, swimming and soccer, uh, football. And so everyone just talks about their story. And, um, you know, with that story, it starts is, you know, how, how did you how did you get into baseball? Um, was baseball the only thing that you played at a young age? Um. So I, I'd like to say I was kind of born into the game. My dad played, my, my grandpa played, um, both my brothers played and, uh, or one of them still playing. And, uh, yeah, so I, I just had a love for it at an early age. Santa, he brought me uh, catcher's gear when I was about five years old. So I had some catcher's gear and, and, uh, been catching ever since, but we always, we played all kinds of sports and, and, uh, we just kind of naturally fell in love with, with baseball. All right, and and your dad being uh, Jim Stassi, former uh, head coach at Yuba City High School, um, and we haven't kind of even talked about it. You know where you're from. Um, I think a lot of people by now know I'm from you know Marysville, California. If if they figured out where that is yet, um, <laughs> but you're from Yuba City, California. Um, dad was Jim Stassi, and what was your grandpa's name? Uh, Bob 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 Stassi. Bob Stassi. So a long history of uh, family. Um, that played baseball brothers playing still. Um, and so did you play any other sports when you were young or did you just go straight into baseball? And that was, that was your sport. Um, I played all, all sports. We played basketball, my brothers and I, we, we did everything together. So it was long days for my parents. So we play, you know, basketball during the winter time and there'd be three different games going on. And, and then, uh, in the fall, we, uh, my older brother and I, um, played football, couple years and then um played soccer also when we were younger before that and then obviously baseball during the spring and summertime um we'd, we'd usually be playing like a uh, little league all-stars so we we're pretty busy during that time so we played all sports and uh we enjoyed it and i think kids nowadays uh should play as many as they can yeah i agree and that that seems to be you know the the sentiment when we talk to a lot of guests a lot of guests have that uh, you know, early experience of, of playing multiple sports. Some I've been lucky enough to continue even through college, which um, is a feat in itself. Um, so you grew up in Yuba City, California, um, a small town comparatively to the larger areas like, you know, out here, Sacramento, Bay Area, LA. Um, what what was baseball like at that time um, when you were younger in, in terms of where were you able to play and, and get competitive outside of just little league. So 
Yeah, like I said earlier, we we started playing Little League and then up until about 12 years old was, I would like to say I was a part of like the first era of the travel ball. Um, Nowadays, it seems like every city has about 12 teams. Yeah, But uh, we started up the travel ball team in in, uh, Yuba City and I was playing on that team. And then we'd go up to like Chico, Sacramento, Um, also joined another team um, that was out of Sacramento that was playing um, at a different time. So I started doing that and then um, also got picked up by another team all at different times or different years, actually. Um, and then uh, started, you know, playing in different cities from there. When did you start? At what age did, you know, for you, was it kind of separating from the the rest of the talent pool and, and people started recognizing that, uh, you know, you were something a little bit more special than, than the kids your age? Um, honestly, I don't really know. I just, I just always wanted to get better. And I still do that. I don't, I haven't really like sat back and like, man, I was like pretty good at that age or, right. or, you know, that was, you know, obviously now I'm like, yeah, that was a good year or that wasn't a good year. <laughs> Mabel, obviously with, with, uh, you know, all the information nowadays, it's, it's a little easier to know, but, um, I would, that's a tough question. I, I just would go out there and, and uh, work hard and hopefully it paid off and, and then just keep working. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think it paid off, but that's, I mean, even sitting here and you're looking back and, and it's, I think it, it, it shows something special when someone's like, Hey, I, I just went out there and played, you know, if I guess you can look at it and this is my own personal opinion, if someone's looking at it and they're, they're immediately recognizing that, they're considerably better than everyone, then, you know, it may take away from that will to want to just get, keep getting better um, and, and keep working hard. But I, you know, you, you, you're going into high school. um, Your dad's the coach. uh, Your brother's already been at Yuba city. um, Brock, who's a couple years, uh, school years ahead of you. Um, What's your expectations going into high school? Um, I, like I said, I was kind of born into baseball. I was kind mm-hmm. of born a honker too. My, you know, my parents went there, all my aunts and uncles went there. Um, so I was, I was really excited to go to high school and, you know, with my dad being the coach there for 19 years, uh, after, after school, you know, from probably about third grade to eighth grade, my grandpa, he would pick us up, um, out of Barry elementary, um, out there and, he would drive me down to the, to the high school and then I would practice with those guys. And, and, uh, so I grew up around, you know, watching Yuba city baseball and, and, uh, grew up practicing, watching kind of everything. Um, I even worked up there with, uh, Bill Fields, the voice of the honkers. I was up there doing the music, the up to bat songs yeah. when I was in like seventh, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade doing that. So yeah, his, his um, son Ray was uh, one of my coaches. Oh really? No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great family. Coach Fields Finkel. Yeah. um Great good, good family um yeah so uh what was it actually like i mean not a lot of people get to play for their dad um you know i have my you know i remember my dad coached me up until uh 12 years old and little league and i remember him telling him you know my dad played naia at a, a small college in in idaho but i remember him you know when i got to the 12 year old age he's like hey um you're on your own now. Like this is as much as I, I can, I can teach. And, and, um, obviously I think the diff your dad, you know, a lot uh, more, uh, deep into baseball. My dad loved the game, but, um, from the coaching perspective, he's like, Hey, 
good to go. Um, and I remember when my dad was coaching at times taking advantage of that. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's just my dad. Like, you know, I, ha- I have a little more wiggle room and, and that really wasn't the case. Uh, I think one time I, you know, I took off from uh, Marysville high school and ran all the way home. Cause I didn't like what he said at practice. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he finished the practice. And then when he got home, um, you know, it wasn't a good, wasn't a good evening for me for, for that disrespect, but what was it like working, working? I'm um, sorry, playing for, uh, playing for your dad. Oh, it was awesome. Um, he, he made it a point to, um, my brothers and I, that he wouldn't treat us any different and he never did. Um, you know, he never favored towards us. He wasn't harder on us. Um, he just, he treated us like another player. And his big thing was, is when we're at the field, you know, I'm your coach. When we're away from the field, I'm your dad. So there was that separation that was kind of established early on. And, and, uh, that's why we went about it. But if we ever wanted to talk baseball at home or ask questions or kind of go over stuff, he was always there to, you know, answer those. It wasn't like, Hey, no baseball talk at home. Yeah. It was, um, you know, whatever happens at the field, we leave it there and then we go and, you know, we live our, our family life. Yeah. Well, how about we, I mean, we talk about your brothers, we talk about your dad, but how about, you know, your mom is part of this, you know, she's obviously going to be all in, um, you know, what was the, uh, I know you can't speak a hundred percent to her experience, but you know, what, what was it like for her? Um, cause we got a lot of parents out there, um, you know, listening to that podcast, this podcast. And so, um, you know, mom is an integral part in that support system. Oh, my mom is everything. She, she's definitely the backbone of our family as far as all the, the, uh, times that she drove us to practices. And like I said earlier, I mean, there was my brother, my oldest brother's, um, two years older than me. And then my younger brother's a year younger than me. So, there's three different teams at, at, at some points and my mom's, you know, driving me to practice. And then, you know, my younger brother has a game and then picking up my older brother from, you know, a game, uh, you know, maybe a middle school basketball game that he had. And um, so she was, she was, was doing everything for us. And, and uh, I mean, she, the, the support there and, and uh, she wasn't afraid to, to ask, why'd you swing at that pitch in the dirt? And, <laughs> and uh, no, it's, it was funny, but uh, she, uh, she was everything to us and still is. That's awesome. Full, fully invested. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, your time at, at Yuba city high, you come in as a freshman, um, you know, at that point, are you, are you getting recognition from, from colleges or was it, you know, sophomore year or what year um, are colleges starting to show interest and, and, and reaching out to you? Yeah. So I um, actually got an offer early on from UCLA it was after my freshman year. Wow. So I took official visit in the fall that would be going in. So it was my sophomore year and they offered me a pretty good scholarship and I committed there. But I would say looking back, I kind of regret doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, UCLA is a school that, you know, is very prestigious and, you know, the baseball program's, you know, phenomenal, but, um, kind of the whole recruiting process, I think it nowadays it's kind of lost. It's kind of one of those things that um, kids feel the need to commit to a school early to, you know, post on their social media that, Hey, I committed to this school, I committed to that school. And, you know, the recruiting process, if you kind of play it out towards like your junior year, there's five official visits. So schools, um, you know, they'll fly you in if you're, you know, recruited at that level, right. we'll fly you in. And then, then you go to like a football game and then um, you get to hang out with some of the guys and kind of test out the feel. Um, 
I think that that would be pretty cool at that age if you're being recruited by some Division One schools. And, right. You know, if it's Arizona, Oregon State, you know, USC, Georgia, and then kind of schedule those out and pick a weekend in the fall that's all expenses paid and kind of see where you fit in best. I think that um, everyone's trying to commit so early and specialize in a sport at such a young age that that, that kind of like – just sit back and enjoy it is, is, uh, taken away sometimes. Yeah. I, and I, I'd agree. I, you know, taking advantage of those, those visits, we'd have had a, a couple guests. We had a guest on, um, and he, he ultimately, you know, took the baseball route, but he was a standout football and basketball. And he made sure that he took all five, um, visits for football and basketball. So he, he got 10 visits, um, oh, to different schools. Um, good for him. Yeah, good for him. He actually didn't hey, any baseball visits. He wasn't um, good at baseball, but he went that route. Junior college, he got drafted. Um, but you know, he talked about those visits, and you know, for me, I always want to go to school with a football team. That's what I always said. I'm gonna go play baseball. To whoever has a football team, I end up going to University of Pacific with no football team. Um, but they gave the best scholarship. Um, but like you're saying, you know, it, it would have been cool uh, for me. I was a JUCO transfer, so I wasn't. I didn't get that. I not the same opportunity that people that are like that are higher caliber like you, or maybe higher caliber Juco players where you can have those visits to like the Georgias or the, you know, Oregon's. Um, but, you know, along with what you're saying, I'd highly encourage that because you get to see that experience um, and, and get to kind of get a feel for that area. So, yeah, I feel like uh, just kind of some stories that I've heard, the colleges are almost putting pressure on these um, top prospect kids, I guess you could say, or highly recruited kids. Um, and they're offering them just kind of like what they did to me at such a young age. And, um, you know, as sad as it is, I've heard that uh, some of these schools, you know, if you commit as a freshman and then let's say you don't develop, that they'll pull that scholarship away like your junior year. And really, and um, I've heard a couple times of that happening to kids, and that's pretty sad. Yeah, so, that's I just, like I said, like just – enjoying the the whole process and if somebody's coming after you at that young age um and you still progress and you still love the game and want to play like i don't see why at that age it's probably i can't guarantee that it's probably um, not going to be there in you know two or three years yeah i agree you know you feel it out um you know at a young age it's 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 hard too because you're you're getting attention. It's new. You know, it's a new feeling. If someone wants you, it's kind of like, reminds me of, you know, the show shark tank a little bit because you know, they're, if they're interested, you're going to, you know, there's maybe one that throws an offer out and they put the pressure on you to take the offer right away, even though it may not be the best offer. And there's a couple other that you just haven't been patient enough to wait. And then, you know, it'll be a better offer that you take in the long run. So, um, and you know, and this is not to, uh, put down coaches out there, but you know, they are somewhat like sharks because their job too is, you know, getting the best players in. And so um, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Um, and, yeah. and they're going to tell the next guy what he wants to hear too. And, and they're going to hope that, you know, their number one guy uh, picks, uh, picks them and they don't have to put that, that, that effort in, you know, for you, it was, you know, you committed sophomore year. So you, I mean, you know, you kind of had more time just to focus on you, but at the same time, um, you could have, like you mentioned, doing visits as your in your junior year. Um, so, with you commit to UCLA, um, 
and you talk about some of that pressure. So what was that, what did that pressure feel like when you've, you've made a commitment very, very early on and now um, you're going into your junior and your senior year. Um, by that time, you're, I assume you're getting attention from, um, you know, major league baseball and, um, but you're still, what's that pressure like when you feel like you have, do you, do you feel like you have to meet the expectation of UCLA since you've already committed? Um, looking back, no, not at all. I was so focused on, um, where I was at the time and, and having fun in high school and, and, uh, you know, winning championships with, with, uh, my high school team, you know, we won three consecutive, uh, division three, um, titles there at U city, my sophomore, junior and senior year. And, you know, that's what I was so focused on. And, you know, those are memories that I'll have the rest of my life and guys that I still talk to this day. And, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't really feel any pressure from, from UCLA. I think that our program, we're really focused on, um, you know, the task at hand and, and not really worrying about, about the future. Yeah. And still to this day, Yuba City's winning. I don't know if the most recent, but they seem to be a, a pretty good spot to be at, pushing out a lot of good baseball players, coached by um, my personal, uh, uh, you know, favorite coach I've ever had, Dave Rodriguez. One of the uh, best. Yep, yeah, best. that's right. I was, I was lucky enough to have him for the few years, you know, that he was at Marysville and, and he left a, uh, a huge impact on me. He would, uh, um, even though I was a Marysville player, um, I think my, my senior year, he moved over to become the freshman coach at Yuba city. Um, and I would still 7am on Sundays, he would get to the field and I'd go over to Yuba city high and he'd throw a long toss with me. <laughs> and, and, you know, he always, he just was a good inspiration. He always, uh, I wasn't that great out of Marysville. I, I probably threw high seventies, but I love the game. And he'd always tell me, Hey Ty, you have five more years of baseball, five more years of baseball at the least. Um, and what he meant by that is, you know, there's, there's opportunity for baseball, you know, whether it's junior college, whether it's an NAIA D3, D2, D2, one. And, and he was right. He ended up becoming a division one baseball player. So shout out to Dave Rodriguez. <laughs> um, D-Rod, yep, one of the best. Yes, he is. Can't believe uh, how old his kids are now. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were little ones, you know, running around when I was out there playing catch. But that just oh, yeah. that ages me. So, um, so now you're coming. You know, you you have you win three championships at Yuba City High. Um, you know, you're 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 killing it. You're hitting. I think I I read that it was uh you're hitting 500, um, at at Yuba City High over all the of the four years. You could correct me if I'm wrong too. Um, I have no idea. Your guess is good as mine. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, what's, uh, I got to go back now. But I, I think I read in here, um, hitting 500. Um, at what point, uh, are scouts starting to talk to you at, in the high school level? Um, I would say kind of towards my junior year, I heard kind of from a, a few teams and then, um, the summer before your senior year is, is kind of a, um, a big year to, to get kind of put on the map. There's a couple national tournaments, um, perfect game national. That's a, a big one, the Aflac all American game, and then the under all American game. So I went to, to all those and, and, um, played pretty well. And, and, uh, so going into my senior years when I heard from a lot of teams, but, um, a little bit before that, but not much. Okay. Um, so come, you know, time, time for the draft senior year. Um, June's approaching. You're pretty sure high school's probably finished by there. You just won your third championship. Um, you know, what's, and, and, you know, 
if you're okay with me talking about, but what's what's the process going into um, the draft uh, being, being you know ranked the best catcher of the draft at that point in the nation? Yeah, so it was it was a little uh, hectic for me actually because I had I had some shoulder issues going into that. Okay. So throughout the uh, the spring there, it was kind of off and on with my shoulder and and uh, I wasn't catching for a little while and some teams wanted some MRIs. So um, it was a little hectic, but then towards the end, I, I uh, was feeling good and you know kind of cleaned that up. So um, it was it was a little stressful at times, but yeah. um, turned out okay. It did, it did. Um, and, and so the the draft itself, um, you know, just talk a little bit about kind of what that experience is the day of. Uh, you know, you get you you're a projected top five rounder, and and kind of you're watching. I forget at that time, everything now you can just see the draft everywhere, but I forget, I say at that time, but it still was um, when, when drafts weren't as, you know. Yeah, um, it was all on the internet and you kind of heard it over the, they had somebody like announce it through the draft tracker and yeah, a little different than nowadays. A little different. So you're sitting there and you guys just as a family all sitting around um, listening uh, for your name or do you get a call before your name's? announced or is it how, how's the process of finding out so the the day one of the draft um i got a few calls it was like uh kind of the mid-20s in the picks there it was like the rangers had a pick um the red Sox. the red Sox um uh, wanted it wanted to know if i would sign for whatever amount of money and i said no and then so passed there and then uh, some other teams called like 30 picks 30 would be 33 through like 50. And then I said no to those. So then um, it was the first three rounds were the first day back then. And then the second day was four through like 20, I think is what it was. So um, my name didn't get called and, you know, I was a little bummed out, but I kind of had a feeling that that would happen. Yeah. Um, So then uh, going into day two, um, I, I didn't really hear anything. And then once it started, I was watching it on draft tracker and then I think my internet was a little bit slow. And one of my buddies, Andrew Applin, he actually, yeah, I played with him in the Houston organization. Um, so I've known him for years and he texted me, Hey, congrats, you know, cool to see you're going to Oakland. So I, I read that real quick and then I looked up and then I saw my name on the draft tracker. And then, um, yeah, my family, it was, my parents were there and my brother. So we're all, all excited. And, and, uh, thrilled that, that it was Oakland. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, right, right down the, right down the road from, from Yuba city. And, and I mean, pretty cool experience to, to be a part of, especially with your family there. Um, and then at that time, where was your brother playing at that time? Your older brother. So my older brother was at the university of Nevada, Reno. That's right. So he was a junior going into his junior year there. Okay. And, uh, he was home, I think just before he was headed out to play summer ball. Okay. So he was there, yeah, during that time. All right, that's a cool experience. So, um, you know, you you get drafted, and and you know, a lot of again, you know, we're talking on this podcast is it's about that that journey part. You know, what the process is like um, for you. Um, you know, you talked about earlier. You had UCLA offered you a scholarship. We know. I think a lot of people know. Not maybe not everybody knows, but um, you know, you you have a decision to make now. You you know, you get your your offer, you're a fourth rounder. Um, you signed for, you know, what was offered to you. 
you know, at that time it was a record fourth round amount. And then you still have a college that, you know, you've committed to and there's a choice that needs to be made. So, um, you know, with that process, was there, you know, you're like, I'm going to, if I get, you know, whatever this is over here, I'm going to MLB. And if not, I'm going to go to, to UCLA. Yeah, it was, it was a very tough uh, decision. I mean, you're 18 years old. Obviously, you know, I'm talking with my parents all the time and talking with family friends and people that have gone professional and signed out of high school and people that have signed out of college. And I feel like everyone's experience is so much different. You know, you've got the guy that signs out of high school and, you know, loves it. And then there's another guy that hates it. And then there's a guy that goes to college and then loves college and the other guy hates it. So you don't really know. There's really no right answer. But for me, yeah, ultimately it came down to financially is, okay, what is it financially that's, you know, going to make me comfortable to pass up, you know, going to UCLA and, you know, going to school down there for, you know, hopefully three years and, and uh, then possibly getting drafted after that. So that's what it kind of came down to. And, and, and also for me, like I've my whole life, like I said, Santa Claus brought me catcher's gear when I was five years old. I only wanted to play baseball. So I, you know, thinking about, okay, do I, do I really want to go to, you know, chemistry class? Not that it's not important, but right. like yeah. for me personally, um, you know, all I want to do is play baseball. So I said, you know what, like, let's go ahead and get this thing started. And, and uh, yeah, so yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of how I made my decision, but it wasn't that easy. Um, looking back and, and uh, having a call John Savage at UCLA and tell him I'm not going, you know, that was a tough conversation, but yeah. it was fun. And I imagine yeah, it's it's easy to say. I bet he understood, but at the same time, he's trying to you know make the best organization too for himself. And so, um, there, you know, I can imagine there's disappointment as you you know you're hoping you're getting this solid player, but at the same time, um, you know, I think it's to to normalize this for uh, you know parents or you know it's like you're at a job and then you got a better offer. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't have there's, there doesn't have to be loyalty if someone's giving you better opportunity. Um, and, and it's something that you want to do, uh, in your career. Um, I want to go back real quick, just to clarify something that you, that you said, because, um, I think it's important for at least baseball parents out there to, to understand, um, maybe football too. And, and basketball, I think basketball might be one year, but you had said that, you know, I can go to college and then in three years get drafted. Um, and, 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 you know, clarify what, you know, what Max meant by that is, you know, if you go to a four year university as a baseball player. Um, you can't get drafted until your junior year. And so you have your fresh and pretty sure that's still away, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now I get mm-hmm. scared sometimes if they change <laughs> rules, but uh, freshman and sophomore year, you know, you're, you're there to play and then, and you can't get drafted. Now, if you go to junior college, you can get drafted at any time, but once you commit to a four year, it's not until that junior year. And so when it comes to that decision-making of, you know, do I sign now? Um, and go, you know, into the minors, or do I go to college? There's a two-year gap where you can either get you know, a lot better and get drafted higher, more money, or you can get an injury. Or and we've actually had one of our guests, you know, that that happened for him. He was, you know, projected, you know, high, five, I think, top five rounds, um, you know, and he he passed on some money and stayed in college another year, and they got injured, and unfortunately for him, you know, that that affected is uh, projections going in. And so that that's what you got to weigh out that opportunity when you have that kind of opportunity to make that choice. Um, so, you know, talk a little bit about your, your, your 18 year old, um, 
you're going to the minors. And so now you're basically a kid amongst some other kids, but at the same time, you have these 22, 23 year old um, college players. You have these uh, players from the Dominican. Um, what was that first experience like when you, you land on the spot uh, into this whole new world outside of Yuba city high school? Yeah. Yeah. So like I was saying the summer before I traveled around a decent amount. Um, so I've, you know, got to know guys that were also drafted, um, going through similar experiences, not with Oakland, but just kind of talking with them and, and, uh, seeing them along the road. Um, also I went, um, my, my senior year. So the, actually the three summers leading in, it was my sophomore, junior and senior, uh, summers. Uh, I played for Team USA, so I went to um, Venezuela twice, and then I went to Canada uh, once. So I had a good background. Gold medal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two gold medals and one silver. We lost to Korea in uh, in Canada my 18-year-old year. year. Oh, Koreans are good baseball players. Yeah, yeah, they are. Very good. And uh, so um, I kind of understood, you know, where these guys were coming from and their backgrounds, which I think was one of the best experiences of my life. I think that um, anytime you can have an experience that will make you grow, not only as a baseball player, but as a person to understand people and, and where they're from, you know, just to experience their culture and the food and, and uh, um, just see, like I said, where they're from was huge. And, and uh, that helped out a lot with my transition to, uh, you know, getting drafted with Oakland and, you know, being 18 years old and, you know, there's college seniors that are being drafted and, you know, 23, 24, um, years old playing with those guys. So that was, that was a little bit different. I mean, obviously there was a little, a little bit of a a growing experience, but I mean, it's kind of like anything where they're, you know, you sign and, um, go play baseball right away or you go to college. It's, uh, it's kind of the same, but it's, yeah, it's also different. Yeah. Um, and I can, you know, my small, sample size of, of, you know, playing, um, not, a, not to the extent that you did, but I, I was lucky enough at 18 to go play in Japan for two weeks. Um, oh. and that was the coolest experience of my life, but it was, that was the first time. I mean, um, you know, being from Marysville, um, and, and not, you know, getting out, out of Marysville too often, um, was a huge, like, you know, eye opener, like cool experience playing against, uh, some of the top Japanese teams getting, a bomb hit off me that probably hasn't landed still <laughs> by, you know, one of the Japanese players in, in the soccer dome. Um, it, it was just really cool to see, um, you know, a different culture and their love for the game and actually like the mechanics part, like just how they approach it so much differently mm-hmm. um, with, you know, a lot of times less, less body mass and more power than someone with more body mass and yeah. just having those mechanics down. But um, yeah. So you know, you, you, uh, you enter in and in 2010, right. It's when you first, um, uh, get into the, the, your, your rookie ball. Yeah. So 2009, I signed at the deadline. So back then I was, I think it was the 17th of August. So then I went to, uh, Arizona, the rookie league. I went there for a couple okay. of days and then I Excited. went up to Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. So I played up there for the, the season finished out over three weeks and then, uh, went to instructional league, but my first full season was 2010. 2010. Okay. Um, and what city was that in? 2010 was in, was it was in Kane County. Oh, Kane County. Yeah. Where's Kane County at? It's, uh, 
It's out in uh, Geneva, Illinois. So it's an outs- it's an hour outside of Chicago. So okay. it was a cool, cool town. Had a host family that I live with, and um, yeah, first introduction to professional baseball. So it was it was great. I loved it. Yeah. So actually, you just brought something up that I I don't think pe- a lot of people understand. Is you said you lived with a host family. They don't understand the minor league life. You know, we they see the major league, um, and you know, and the contracts that are made. Um, but the minor league life, people, you know, a lot of times it's like summer ball. I don't know. There's the Yuba Center Gold Sox um, up in Marysville, Yuba City, and college towns, and there's a lot of host families. But even in the minor league, you know, you lived with a host family, um, and and you know, what what was that experience like living with? I never actually had that experience in college baseball. My summer baseball, where I played, luckily they had this whole house to like shove 15 dudes in, and and that was a heck of a time. But I never lived with a host family. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a fun experience. Um, I stayed with the family, the Drews out there. They would host every single year, so they 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 had people for shoot twenty twenty five years before wow. me. So yeah, they would do it each and every year, and it was a it was a great setup. They had the whole downstairs um, for me, and and uh, yeah, it was it was awesome, and you know a lot of. A lot of host families throughout minor league baseball. The reason is, is um, you know the 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 timing of of uh, when you get there. You know, there's there's three days you have to stay in a hotel, and then you have to find a place to live. Um, the cost of living is usually pretty high relative to your salary. I mean, you're making five hundred bucks every two weeks. Yeah, trying to pay for a, you know if you want to live alone, a one bedroom apartment that doesn't even cover that. So the, the host families help offset those costs. And uh, it's always, or I wouldn't say always, I've heard some not so good stories, but I had, uh, you know, a great experience with, with the host families I had. That's awesome. Um, kind of wish I would have been able to, you know, have a experience with that. I talked to, uh, um, you know, Mike Walker is still a good buddy of mine. I know you know Mike mm-hmm. um, um, out of Marysville there. And, and he always shared some of his experience of living with host families. Um, and, and it seemed to be obviously families that love the game of baseball and, and, and love, you know, being a part of that opportunity, um, to have someone where they can have a place to stay, food to eat and still play the game and not run through their, their small salaries, um, quick. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, going back to your playing and and your performance in, in minor league baseball and leading up to major, um, you know, what, what was that experience like when you're, you're, you know, going to different levels of baseball, getting the major leagues. And I'm going to clarify this because again, you know, we have different listeners on here. Um, baseball has several different layers until you get to the major leagues. So you have uh, anything for, you know, what Max mentioned is, is rookie ball, single A, double uh, A, triple um, A. There's short season. There's a lot of different levels. The easiest way is to say rookie, single, double, triple without getting it even more confusing. And then the major <laughs> leagues. Um so, you know, transitioning from each level uh, to finally make it into the major leagues. Yeah, it was it was uh, not just an upward trend, I would say. Right. Um, there was good years. There was bad years. There was okay years. There was years I was hurt. Um, I just learned a lot about myself throughout the, uh, I mean, this is my 11th year, I think, in professional baseball, which is crazy to think it feels like yesterday I just started, you know, maybe I've been in it for three or four years, but time just flies. And, and, uh, 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing I would say is learning how to deal with failure for the for the first time. Obviously, um, you know it's hard, but it doesn't mean that oh yeah, because you go through this and learn from it, it's not going to happen again. Because as you know as well as anyone, baseball it it doesn't necessarily love you back. Not necessarily baseball, but any sport, it doesn't right. love you back like you love it. So <laughs> um, it doesn't care. And you know, you, it, I think once you um, realize that. Um, it makes it a little bit easier and, and, uh, how to just deal with adversity and, and, uh, just keep working and knowing what you need to work on to, to hopefully achieve your dreams. And those aren't even guaranteed. So I think what it comes down to is, you know, working hard, knowing what you need to work on. So at the end of the day, when your career is done, however, that is, whether, you know, you you retire, which very few guys actually retire from baseball. Um, most, can't get a job. So, um, if you're fortunate enough to do that, then obviously you've done everything, but also if your, your career's cut short that being able to sleep at night saying, all right, I can hold my head high. And, and, uh, you know, I gave it everything I had and, and, uh, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. And it's, uh, um, I mean, you know, you, you obviously you're still in the midst of your career and, and luckily haven't had to make that choice yet, but there's, uh, you know, whether it's from someone that's deciding not to play after high school or, you know, college for me, that was, you know, I, I, I knew going into college that I was good enough to get a scholarship. And, and for me, unfortunately, I peaked my junior year. Couldn't, you know, couldn't quite get above sitting at 86 to 88. And that's where I remained. And, um, but I knew, you know, at the end of that senior year that, uh, that'd be my last and is, is bittersweet, but, um, you know, I still have my glove right behind me and nice. have, I can always, you know, have that feeling of like, damn, like I want to, I want to throw a baseball. Yeah. Um, but then when you throw the baseball, like it doesn't do the same thing it used to. Um, Arm hurts a little bit, elbow. Little yeah. The next in your, day, in like, your mind, you still have it. Um, yeah. You can, you know, I could get right back out there, and and but it, that that's not the case. So, um, so that I mean, and it's awesome. So right now, you know, you um, you've been traded a couple times. You went, um, um, you know, A's to oh. Astros to and now the uh, um, Los Angeles Angels, not the Anaheim. Still want to say Anaheim. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles Angels. Uh, but you know, you uh, you still were a contributing factor to um, you know the Astros World Series. So um, you know you're on the 40 man roster, uh, and that's as, as kids that play baseball. That's what we always dream to be a part of. Um, and, you know, uh, what was what was that kind of experience being a part of a, a World Series team? Yeah, it was. Uh... It's pretty unbelievable looking back, the guys on that team, um, to be able to contribute. You know, they were they were uh, good with me, and I think they were great without me. So I, I was only up that year for about, you know, a month and a half. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't on the postseason roster. But, you know, the, the time that I spent with those guys and, and uh, to say that I was a part of a World Series team, is, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and, 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 and even, you know – you are a part of it though. It's a baseball is a long season and, and there's that, that's where I think, you know, and we say active 40 man roster, like as part of that whole season and getting to that point, um, contributions all add up to that ultimate goal. Um, I mean, it's, it's find a baseball player that has been able to stay healthy 162 games, like, um, besides Cal Ripken um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, some other people, you know, some, some one-offs, but it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not, um, more as common as, as it can, you know, with, 
uh, a handful of games, you know, maybe a, a shorter season. But um, so, you know, when we're looking back here and, and you're looking back at that process of, of where you started and where you, you know, you started back in Yuba City, uh, always part of the game of baseball, family that's built around baseball. Um, you know, if you're talking to someone, um, a young kid, or even a parent that's just curious, you know, what kind of advice do you have for that young kid that's uh, has a dream of, of playing baseball and being a part of a team that you know, went to the World Series? Um, I would say just go out there and, and chase your dreams, you know, go, go all in and, and, uh, but also enjoy, um, you know, playing the game, enjoying being out there with your friends competing. It's not necessarily, about the training side and having a hitting coach, a swing or a throwing coach, a catching coach, you know, go out there and kind of let your raw abilities, um, let you know what you need to work on throughout the game. Not necessarily just kind of somebody's opinion on, you know, they haven't seen you. So they're, you know, you're going to try this technique and this technique. And, and I think it kind of gets lost um, nowadays is kind of that game instinct of going out and playing wiffle ball with your friends and, you know, when we used to grow up, we'd spend all summer days outside playing wiffle ball and, yep. and uh, swimming after, and then we go play more wiffle ball. And, and uh, so it's kind of lost the, uh, I guess, the purity kind of aspect of just playing the game. But I'm not saying don't focus on it, but also have that balance of um, playing the game and then, you know, working specifically on some things. Yeah, I mean, you, you just knowing that, I mean, you're playing the game because it's, it's a game. When we say playing the game, like it's a game. And so you got to like games are meant to be enjoyed. Um, it's not, you know, you're not playing the job. Um, mm, yeah. You know, so, so especially at a young age, you know, go out there that uh, enjoy, you know, for me through college, summer baseball was probably my most fun time because it was more laid back. It wasn't as serious. Um, and you were working on things, but you still had that camaraderie, like you're kicking it with the guys and, and you kind of got to enjoy baseball a little bit more than, than during the, the, the regular season, not to say that wasn't enjoyable, but it brought, you know, yeah, yeah. It has a little different feel to it. It has that wiffle ball feel um, Mm -hmm. basically. And um, it's just important. So, um, you know, going into um, you're going into uh, this year, um, you know, different, uh, different type of um, experience with uh, uh, COVID and everything, but um, you know, want to say uh, I'm not going to end it here, but best of luck with that. And, and we'll be paying attention, but um, something I want to do is uh, uh, before we end most of our podcasts, um, I got a quick uh, speed round that okay. I do with everyone. So um, oh. first one is uh, favorite athlete role model, role model growing up. I liked uh, Dustin Pedroia from Woodland. Yeah, I always I always enjoyed watching him play. Local guy too. Yeah. Um, favorite moment ever. Um, that uh, favorite professional sports moment that you've watched. Oh, I was at Derek Jeter's uh, final hit at, at uh, Yankee Stadium. All right. Yeah, we had an off day. We were playing the Mets, and then uh, yeah, one of my buddies or one of my teammates. Uh, I was like, hey, let's let's try to get in there and and uh, see Jeter's last home game. So we went over on the off day and 
Just on him get his 3,000th hit. Yeah, or not 3,000. His, his final hit, actually, yeah. Take that back. <laughs> that's still, I mean, it's Derek Jeter, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, and then a favorite moment ever of, in your sport for your personal self, you know, that you got to experience. Max Stassi's favorite moment for him. Oh, man. I mean, if I was there, I technically wasn't in Houston when they won the World Series. So I would say that, but I wasn't there. But um, maybe this last year, uh, hitting two homers in uh, in one game, I would say that that was uh, a cool experience. Where was that at? It was in San Diego. San Diego? Against the Padres, yeah, last year. All right. Well, Max, hey, I appreciate you uh, taking time to talk about um, your experience uh, growing up and, and getting to where you are today. Um, and it's been um, awesome reconnecting after a long time. And I'm really looking forward to uh, you continuing your career um, down in Los Angeles. And, and best of luck here uh, when you get to spring training. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And, and uh, maybe we'll do it again soon. Yeah, I look forward to that. That'd, that'd be awesome. Thank you for listening to the Making an Athlete podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor. Check us out at makinganathlete.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to catch our next episode.